Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve. My name is Sherry Budziak, and I'm the host of this week's podcast. Um, I'm here today with Jackie Price Osapo. Jackie is the executive director of the Society of American Archivists. Um, I am so excited to have you here, Jackie, to talk to you about leadership during the pandemic and the future of associations. So thanks so much for um, joining me today, and I'm really excited to talk with you. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sherry. Hope all is well with you. Yeah, great. Um, so tell me a little bit about you and, um, and your organization. So um, we're the Society of American Archivists, and we are uh, the folks who sit in the space of preserving records, uh, preserving our history, uh, making sure that uh, our history is recorded and presented as if it happened, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, the other thing that um, our members are very keen on is access to those records. So regardless of who you are, what you look like, uh, your rights and access to information. Our mission really is uh, the preservation of records and information so, um, and however it happens. That's great. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, we've obviously had this pandemic experience that we're still experiencing today and had to kind of change the way that we're you know, working, we're doing business. Um, so talk to me a little bit about what are your thoughts about the future of the association industry? And has, have you, do you feel like anything's changed since, um, I guess, since March of 2020? I feel like we've been tested um, against those things that we probably resisted um, in terms of how fast we can um, wrap up to something new and how uh, quickly we can wrap down to something that's old that needs to be sunsetted and um, the flexibility of associations. So um, when we think about our strategic plan, um, Sherry, you know, you worked in this business for a long time and, and um, we look at those things and we say to ourselves, well, this program really needs to be sunsetted. It's, it's, it's run its course. But then we have those folks who sit on our board who are our members who mm -hmm. said, you know, that's a great program. Well, the pandemic quickly said, okay, this program needs to be sunsetted so that we can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And X, Y, and Z will allow us to not only survive, but to thrive. So it was, we quickly were able to shift our business model from, you know what, I love this program. It's amazing. I wanted to stay around to what is necessary for us to continue, for us to provide benefits and resources and service that our members need to do their jobs. So um, I, I would say flexibility of being nimble and to, uh, it gave us a space to say no to some things and yes to a lot of things. Yeah, I think that's, um, I think that's one of the positive things that came out of this is that people really had to make decisions and make them quickly. And like you said, if we're gonna do a virtual meeting or do, a, we were just talking about um, earlier about a virtual and an in-person meeting. Well, now we have more resources that are needed to do that. So what can we stop doing and, and and without the emotions of, well, that was my pet project that I started 10 years ago, right? Definitely, <laughs> so, definitely. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, what do you feel are some of the opportunities um, for organizations today? 
Um, I would say, uh, you know, uh, shift. Uh, I've, 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 this is my second job in the pandemic, and who would have thought that that's possible? Um, so when you think about association, um, I think the possibilities are just limitless. limitless. You can do anything. Um, um, I mean, even as you and I were chatting before this call about having a hybrid meeting, who would have thought that we would have been doing that? I mean, if you had asked association executives that question three years ago, we'd have been like, no way, hands down, it has to be in person. It has to be in person. And now here we're saying, well, no, not really. We can do them both. So for those things that we said, no, we were on the fence, we found a space in between where we can make our members happy, um, where we can continue to support our, our colleagues in the business as we look at the different hotels and convention centers because they're yeah. in a space of survival just like we are. So, Absolutely. you know, yes, we're going to come back to your city, but we're going to come back to your city very differently. And what does that look like? And for us to go into partnerships in those discussions instead of here's what we want, what can you give us? So I feel like there's a partnership that's been built um, with our service providers, with our membership, and we're all in the same space of um, this pandemic has been horrific and we want to survive it. You know, we want to thrive in the midst of this. We just, uh, we can do better. You know, that's what I think about associations that, that um, it's given us an opportunity to do better. Um, we look at all this diversity, equity, inclusion, and we look at it from an accessibility. You know, had I thought about accessibility before this, had I thought about how do I make my meeting available for someone who has a disability who can't travel? Right. Um, so that's very different than a bathroom that's accessible or a wheelchair space that's accessible. But what about the folks who are members and they can't travel? A virtual right. meeting works for them. Right. That's accessibility. Or folks who have disabilities, a virtual meeting works for them. Right. That's a good point. I think there's that, that opportunity that kind of opened up as to, um, you know, you talk about disabilities, but there even might be financial hardships. Like I want to attend, but I can't go to Nashville. Like that's another thousand dollars of travel and hotel fare, right? Like, but, um, and I really think it's broadened our reach um, at, you know, every organization, right? Because, and maybe it's not financial, maybe it's not disability, maybe it's just, you know, I've got four kids at home and I, I just can't get away for a week. Like, that's just crazy, right? So all of a sudden you see these people now engaging with the organization differently than they were able to before. So I think that's a huge opportunity, right? And I think you spoke the, uh, the key word there is engagement. And that's the thing that association executives continue to thrive. And we struggle, we've struggled for that. Um, and uh, online engagement. I mean, if you look at my um, my um, my sort of like rating that or percentage that I get on my iPhone about how long I've been on this site or yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? I mean, it's probably much higher than it was before because I am engaged through different virtual platforms. So is the rest of the world. Um, we right. go and look at communities, online communities. I'm willing to bet that the number of folks who are engaging on online communities is much higher than it was um, pre-pandemic. Um, so, you know, we, we've discovered something during this space that we can create a place for our members to engage, to be involved, and more than anything, to connect with each other, regardless of where you sit in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
yeah, um, it's, it's opened the door um, to, to many things. And, and we see this in um, online um, educational program. They were probably the first to do this. And mm -hmm. no one thought that, oh, who would go to school and get an online degree? Like, that was like, oh my God, it's a bad degree. Like, it's just watered down and it's going to be, you know, not so great as if it right. was more. And, um, and, and, and I'll share my personal story with that is that I was uh, the second cohort to do that with the University of Illinois here in Champaign um, to get an online MBA. And people were like, oh, so you're doing an online program? They kind of like snuck me like, mm, now who's doing an online program? I mean. Right. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Are. Congratulations. <laughs> we're all doing it. So, right. you know, they were ahead of the curve. So how do we do that as association executives? How do we step out and find that blue ocean thing, that thing that no one's thought about? What is that strategy? You know, what is it? Yeah. Well, that kind of leads me into like, so what are the challenges do you feel like to getting there? Uh, I say one of the challenges is um, shifting a thought. You know, when you, when, you know, we moved into this COVID space, you know, we have to shift our thought to move, to be more creative. And, and some folks are going to come along with you, Sherry. Uh, some of the folks are not. You're not going to be able to bring everyone with you. Um, and, and that's a bit of a challenge to figure out who you're going to bring with you and who's going to say, I don't really want to come. And what happens with that? You know, I know that, you know, one of the big things in the, that's going on is this, this great resignation. You know, so many folks are leaving the workforce. I don't know where they're going or what they're doing. Like, I can't Me see either. them. Out. Like, are they all Me going either. to like... I don't know, like, where are they going? I'm like, so what are they doing? Like, I need somebody to do that research. Like, where are these people going and what are they doing? But, you know, finding the right talent that's willing to help you get to that blue ocean strategy. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's one of the challenges, giving, getting that right talent and getting that skill and, and being able to create a space of innovation and creativity while we sit from home because it no longer happens at the water cooler. It doesn't happen in a meeting room. It doesn't happen because you and I passed each other and I stopped by your desk and we had this amazing conversation. Now we have to create the space. Yes. And I, that's a, a very good point. We were just having, I was having a conversation with my colleagues um, the other day about some of those challenges that, um, I mean, I worked with you at, at an organization as a consultant and I could see you in the hall and be like, hey, what's going on? And you tell me something that's exciting and it sparks an idea. And, you know, then I can go back and tell somebody else. And we're like, oh, let's go meet, back and meet with Jackie and see if we can do that. Well, that's not happening. Oh. Right. And I think and when you talk about resignation, again, as a consultant, I'm seeing this happen across the board. People are finding other other jobs. Um, they're either leaving the industry. Um, they're, they're going to other places. I had a woman call me who said, I want to work for in medical associations and healthcare. She hadn't worked in healthcare for many years, but she's like, that's where my passion is. I want to go back. So people have kind of taken a, a step back and said, what do I, where do I really belong? What do I really want to do? And they're making those changes. But in the meantime, I feel like what's happening, unfortunately, at many workplaces is you don't have the opportunity to talk to people about that. Like maybe that woman who called and said, I'm looking for a job. Maybe if you're in the office and you had a conversation of, well, this is what I'm looking for in my future career or whatever, um, it, it might have been a different, different outcome. But 
it's like we're just Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. And then all of a sudden it's in the day and you're like, well, I don't have time to talk to anybody about, <laughs> you know, except for what those meetings were. So I think that's one of the challenges that we're going to have is just to really start rethinking how are we taking time? How are we managing the staff in this remote environment? Um, you know, we switch quickly to, oh, yeah, we can do this. But over time, um, I think there's there ends up being a lot of those those other challenges. Um, I think we'll get there, but but uh, but I'm seeing that, like I said, across the board. Um, I think it's important for us to figure out how to to meet staff where they are, and for staff to meet us as as an executive director. You know, you look at what benefits and changes or resources can I offer my staff, but I also need to look at running a business. So, right. you know, we can't give away what do you call it, the kitchen cabinet or the bathtub, whatever that saying is. I can never remember. But you can't give it all away, but you have to give some of it, you know, because you still need that that space and that bandwidth to be successful. And, and that may mean something very different for every association. And um, I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and the speaker said, you know, where do you, where do you draw the line? Hmm. Uh, everyone has to draw a line. So where do you draw the line when you go out and you say, okay, I want my staff to return to the office two days a week and and, you know, while most people have gotten very comfortable and prefer to work from home, well, I should say some people, I won't say most people, I have not done the research. Um, but, you know, you have rent to pay and you have this office space and you, you're in a lease. Right. Um, and you're, you're using your members' dollars to pay for an office space that's not being used and they're back at work. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But where's the line there? I totally agree. It's interesting because... Um, as you know, we work, do a lot of work on technology, kind of digital transformation projects. And sometimes, again, we're having conversations of, boy, if they could just be in the office and like collaborate and we could get this done a lot faster, right? But then, I, then I'll talk to one of my clients. Um, the other day I was talking to someone and she's like, if I have to go, ever go back to the office, I'm going to quit. I'm like, Okay, but, and she was in senior leadership. I'm like, but do you understand? Like, we've got morale issues and you've got like all these things that need to get done. And, <laughs> but that conversation, it'll, like you said, at, at what point do you, do you draw the line and, and you say, okay, you know, this is just what we need to do. And, and you said, like you said, there's an expense. There's just the expense, the building expense. Um, and not everybody works great in a remote environment. Um, you know, my company's been remote for 16 years, but I've had a couple of people that have worked for me says, I love this work. I love working with you guys, but my family and my mother comes over all the time. Like I can't focus. I just need to go to an office. <laughs> like, I'm like, fair, you know, like that's happens. And it's, you know, um, some, it's a real challenge or, you know, I have had a friend who was an editor and she didn't have to go to the office, but she went to the office every day. I'm like, why do you go to the office? She goes, because I go to the office, I shut my door, I get my work done, and then I just go home, and I don't get interrupted. So um, so there's that. <laughs> there is that. Well, and that's the fine line that we all have to figure out. Um, I, I was chatting with my um, aunt, and she her she works for an insurance company, a big one downtown. And um, she was uh, a little upset because they have uh, said that they're going to do a return to the office, um, a graduated plan, like two days a week. She's like, well, I don't want to go back. And I really enjoy working from home and blah, blah, blah. And I said, but you do realize that's the job you accepted. 
They're not asking you to do something new. They're just asking you to return to a bit of the job that you said yes to. Yes. So when you accepted that job, you didn't accept it as a remote position. You accepted it based on a face-to-face position. Right. So you're going to have to bend a little bit. I mean, and recognize that your company is going to bend for you, but you're going to have to bend for them too. So, you know, in a shift from um, the previous job to an executive director, I realized that there's a big bend on the, on the, um, the executive director, the association side. There's a big bend happening here. Mm-hmm. And you want to satisfy your employees. You want to make sure everyone's happy. Happy. Uh, we have to bend together. Yeah, absolutely. I guess on that note, like, what do you feel are the most important things like leaders can do right now to position their organizations for success? Um, I'll say from a staffing perspective, um, and it's a thing that I continue to work on is being empathetic, being understanding. Um, I tell people I'm not the soft and um, fuzziest person at work. And one of my colleagues said, yes, you are. And I said, well, Sometimes I am, but you know, it's a thing that I work on all the time because I, you know, as an executive director, you see the big picture, you know the big picture. The strategic right. plan is in your head. It is what you breathe, eat, and sleep. And you know what's going to be required to do that. Uh, but then, you know, you have to manage that between, you know, your staff is going through this, you know, I had someone resign. So we're having to shift some things around, which means it's going to expand the bandwidth of some folks. I don't have a choice to do, but to do that now, you know, I don't have a choice. Um, On the association side is that we have to constantly move forward. So just because we're in the space doesn't mean that we have to stop doing the amazing things that we do for our members, uh, how we appear to the consumer and the public. You know, what is it, where do we want to be in two years, three years, five years? Those conversations do not stop. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I think they're probably like bigger conversations than they ever been before. Right. Yeah. Because my annual meeting revenue has gone down possibly. So now I need to think of maybe a new revenue stream. You know, right. is membership, um, is membership holding steady or is it growing the way I, I like I predicted it five years ago? Because when COVID hit, a lot of folks lost their jobs. So some folks experience a decrease in membership. So that was not the projection or the prediction I had five years ago. So how do I make up that money? Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I feel the constant sort of like shift and, and, and pulling and growing. And, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, I'm in my, you know, I don't have a garden. So I'm going to envision myself in a garden chair. <laughs> and I'm pulling up these weeds so that I can plant these amazing seeds. And by the time the spring roll around, things will be nice, bright, and beautiful. But I'm constantly pulling up weeds. Yeah, yeah. So then do you think like, do you see the association business models changing? I mean, you kind of mentioned like, okay, we've got, we might have membership reductions, maybe that's temporarily, maybe long-term, or maybe there's different audiences. Um, You know, the reliance on the annual meeting, I think we've all learned that story right like so I guess you know are there other things that you're seeing in terms of just the association business model and either what's changing or what needs to be changing I think it has to change um and and I would say most people probably have changed if not then um you're probably making some tough decisions right now if you haven't 
Um, you know, I mentioned early uh, communities, online engagement. Um, that that shifted how we communicate with our members. Um, education, you know, what's relevant right now, and and what's relevant related to the current environment sometimes for folks. So if you're working in healthcare, then maybe you shift the type of educational programs that you're delivering. You know, can you imagine if you're doing endoscopy procedures and it's COVID? So you know, what are the um, what what are precautions you need to take? I mean, are you training your members on that? Do you need to train your members on that? I don't know the answer to that question. You know, as we look at records management, um, as we look at access to records in the COVID environment, um, COVID's not going to go away. I mean, right. it's, our, yeah. it's our world now. But how we behave in this space um, should shift. You know, are we delivering more online educational programs? You know, and how many folks are showing up? So, yes, I think that your business model, just like your, I mean, your financial model at home changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you think about it, during COVID, my electric bill and my heating bill was much higher because I was <laughs> at home. Right. I think my grocery bill probably went up because I put on like my COVID 14 pounds. But I mean, everything <laughs> shifted. You know, wow. how, you, how you manage your household shifted. So how you manage your business should shift. And, um, you know, my fear is for those who did not. Um, yeah. You know, as we look at, you know, emerging issues, I mean, you know, we had COVID and we had this, this, um, this um, you know, social crisis that happened, you know, and many of us are looking at diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility. We're talking about diversity, equity, inclusion here for a long time at SAA. It's been, it's not something new for us. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a huge change that associations need to do that we need to pay attention to bring in diverse audience to the table. And we need to make sure that, um, that, that their contribution is um, noted. You know, we need to understand the impact of bringing folks from different backgrounds uh, and whatever that means to the table. And for everyone, not only to be brought to the table, but to have a voice. Because it's, yeah. it's good that we're all invited to dinner, but if I can't talk at dinner, then there's no point in me being at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. So let's give everyone a voice at the table and let's figure out how we can do something amazing. Yeah, I just saw a speaker. It was a great speaker. I'll have to get her name for you. Lisa, I can't remember her last name, um, at WSAE. And she did a, a presentation on DNI. And it was interesting. It was kind of a different, she had some different thoughts of things I just hadn't even thought about. Um, even how, like how do you engage your members at a physical meeting? So she was talking about, you know, and we all talk about it, but being intentional about, okay, here's people who have been at the meeting for 10 years and here's somebody who's new. Well, let's get them to talk to each other, right? Um, there's, she talked about body size, which I didn't think about before. You yes. know, some people have opinions about how people are either too large or too small. And I was like, huh. And she's like, you need to invite those people to the table. And it was just very, um, it was just, it, it was, it was a great presentation because it just made you think about things. And now I have that, you know, and, and she talked about like how people feel. And so now I have that even a more empathetic, right? Because yes. now I was like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't think about that. That's how that person is feeling, right? Like, oh, I need to be paying attention to that. So anyway, I think it's, it is something that, um, you know, is, is, is a conversation that, that, you know, needs to continue. And as you know, 
I work with a lot of associations and, um, and I, I will just put it out there. Six years ago, when we started Dotorg Community, I knew a lot of older white men that I thought were very smart that I invited to speak at the conference. Um, I won't name them, but I was like, wow, I know so-and-so, I'll ask him to come. And I know so-and-so, I'll ask him to come. And a, um, one of my friends who was, and I'll never forget this moment, he was male and he was about 40 years old. And he came up to me and he said, Sherry, we're tired of seeing old white guys at the meetings. And I went, oh, you're right. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize. Like, I just thought I knew people and I'm inviting them, right? Like I was like, you know, but I wasn't being intentional about making sure that we had different thoughts and opinions and at the, you know, presenting. So it just changed my whole view on things in that like one moment. And, um, and now I'm much more intentional about making sure that there is, um, you know, we are bringing different types of thought leaders and, and things to the table. So anyway, I think it's great. Um, Jackie, I think it is a very important um, conversation that, that all of us need to be having. Yeah. I, I, it speaks to why I'm sitting in this position and having this conversation. I mean, if you think about the job that I held when we first met, um, we met at um, ASGE and you know, I might have been a manager of membership, and, and here I am today, um, an executive director, um, which, you know, I credit um, the shift in my careers to a lot of folks who helped me along my journey, and many of them look like me, and many of them do not look like me, mm -hmm. um, but it, it, it took, uh, you know, it took the entire sort of, you know, I call them my kitchen cabinet, it took all those folks in my different kitchen cabinets um, to, to, for me to be here today, uh, um, I'm the first person of color as the executive director at SAA, and many of my colleagues now are sitting in the space of being the first. And it's 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 good and it's it's sad because you know mm -hmm. it's 2021 and we're the first. Um, but but Sherry, I, I tell this to my friends all the time that um you know I am the dream of my my grandparents and my great grandparents. And um, I really hold that close to my chest, that responsibility um, of being their dream, uh, being able to be a woman of color and to be in this space and to have the opportunities um, that I have been given and to have the network that I have of people from all different spaces. So, um, you know, it's almost very um, hard, you know, it's, 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 it's it's very emotional for me to talk about being their dream um, because um, it really just sort of, it makes my heart move on the inside because I'm sure they imagine me being this person. I'm sure they did. And, and I'm proud of that, um, but it has not been an easy journey. Uh, it's not. And, um, you know, however I got here, I got here and I'm happy that I'm here and I'm amazed every single day and I'm proud of my network. I'm proud of my friends. Um, I'm proud of the small and the big accomplishments and, and um, I, um, I will help the next person. So um, for anyone who reaches out to me, I don't care who you look like, what you look like, 
if this is where you want to be and I can help you, call me. That's wonderful, Jackie. I, I know I was so proud of you when I saw that you um, were in that, got that position. Thank you. And, uh, and I know you'll do great things there and we'll keep watching and seeing what you do. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. I'll, 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 you know, um, when you, when you're the dream of, when you hold that dream in your, um, in your heart, um, it makes you work hard. It makes yeah. you work harder. Um, yeah. even though, you know, all those folks have gone on to be in a different space in this world, um, they're still watching me and, um, I'm still responsible and um, I'm still trying to make them happy. I'm yeah. still trying to please them. Um, the, and, you know, I say they sacrificed a lot for me. Yeah. My parents, they sacrificed a lot for me and I owe them. I'm sure they are very proud of, proud of you. And um, like I said, and I've watched you do great things. I know you're going to do, do even more great things. So um I know you're really busy. I won't keep taking up your time. This was a fabulous conversation. I really appreciate it. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, now that you put it out there, um, <laughs> how can they do that? Find me on LinkedIn. Um, just look me up on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Um, I don't know. I, well, I'm sure my name will be in this podcast, but I can. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Just find Great. me on LinkedIn. All right. Send me a message. I'm here. Appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jackie, and um, and we'll stay tuned to see what you guys what you're gonna do over there um, at SAA and and appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Sherry, for asking me, and uh, thank you for being part of my journey. I appreciate that. We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.